When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Go, you Redbirds. Go, you Redbirds. On the battle, fight for ISU. Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again and welcome in to another edition of In the Nest, the official weekly podcast for Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. This is John Fitzgerald. The month of November is upon us, which means crossover season as the fall programs are beginning their stretch drive while the winter is just about to kick off. Coming up this week, we'll talk some Redbird women's basketball as sixth-year head coach Kristen Gillespie and senior forward Deanna Wilson stop by to preview their upcoming campaign. But first, let's catch you up on all the latest news in Redbird Athletics, brought to you by Jason's Deli. Redbird fans, all good things start with wholesome ingredients. Visit Jason's Deli and Normal on Veterans Parkway today and receive free ice cream with every purchase. Brock's back in the Illinois State football team saw its three-game winning streak come to an end last Saturday afternoon in Fargo as the fourth-ranked bison of North Dakota State outlasted ISU 24-7. Quarterback Zach Attix did found wide receiver Daniel Sopkowitz from 13 yards out to open the scoring in the first quarter. However, the bison ground game was too much as the nation's fourth-ranked team amassed 192 rushing yards and 373 yards of total offense to pick up the win on Saturday afternoon. The Birds will look to get back on the win track this Saturday when they host Youngstown State for a 2 o'clock kickoff inside Hancock Stadium. Alley Matters and the Redbird Volleyball team opened a four-match homestand this weekend inside Redbird Arena. 
Illinois State split the first two matches, dropping a three-set decision to Missouri State on Friday night before rebounding on Saturday evening to post a 3-1 win over SIU. Freshman Ada Shadowald led the Redbirds with 15 kills on Saturday night against the Dogs. On Monday, senior Katie Weimerskirch was named the Valley's Defensive Player of the Week after leading the conference with 46 digs over the weekend. Birds are now 11-13 overall and 4-9 and in the Missouri Valley Conference. Illinois State will host UNI and Drake this coming weekend to close out the four-match Valley homestand. The Redbird men's and women's cross-country teams were in Terre Haute last Friday to compete in the Missouri Valley Conference cross-country championships. The Illinois State women finished fourth in the championships as junior Ailey Mitchell earned first-team All-Valley honors with an eighth-place finish in the 5,000-meter race. Senior Rachel Hickey placed 14th overall and route to garnering honorable mention All-MVC honors. The Redbird men raced out to a third-place finish in the conference championships behind freshman Matisse Cavand, who finished ninth overall in the 8,000-meter race and was named the Valley Freshman of the Year in addition to earning first-team all-conference honors. Baptiste Tardivu and Zach Loomis were both named honorable mention All-Valley selections after placing 13th and 15th overall. And finally, the Ryan Peden era of Illinois State men's basketball is officially underway as the Birds took the Redbird Arena court on Sunday and defeated the College of Worcester 84-49 in ISU's lone exhibition tune-up. Western Illinois transfer and Bloomington native Colton Sandage came off the bench to splash down five trays in route to his game-high 23 points, Kendall Lewis added 13 points at a game-high 7 rebounds, while Elon transferred Darius Burford tallied 13 points and a game-high 5 assists. That's a quick look at some of the latest headlines this week in Redbird Athletics. When we come back, we'll talk some women's basketball. It's our conversation with Illinois State head women's basketball coach Kristen Gillespie and senior forward Deanna Wilson. Stay with us as In the Nest continues right after this timeout. Illinois State Athletics honors all veterans and active military members at the annual Military Appreciation Football Game on Saturday, November 5th, with the kickoff against Youngstown State, scheduled for 2 p.m. Veterans, use promo code VETS22 for $10 tickets. Visit GoRedbirds.com backslash promotions to redeem. Welcome back to In the Nest. We're talking Redbird women's basketball this week as we're joined by Illinois State head women's basketball coach Kristen Gillespie and senior forward Deanna Wilson. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. The week of game week begins next week. You open on Thursday night at the University of Dayton, what's going to be a very challenging schedule here in 2022-23, but the juices really have to be going this time of year. Without a doubt. I think our players are so ready to compete against uh, uh, another team. You know, we've gone against each other quite a bit for these past six weeks, and we have a great group of guys on our scout team. But, you know, I think when you hit this time of year, it's just they're ready to get the season going. And Deanna, I would think the same from a player's standpoint. There's only so much you can accomplish anymore in practice going against the same players on a day-in, day-out basis, being able to – Lace them up, go out, especially with a win and loss on the line. That's got to be exciting as well. 
Yes, it's very exciting. You know, finally be able to get out there and play different people, seeing seeing all the hard work that we've done over there since since the summer finally come to play. You guys talk about hard work, and this is year number six for you, Coach Gillespie, and it's really been a transformation. You took over six years ago what was a very storied, historic program here at Illinois State that had fallen on a bit of hard times, and all you've done in your first five years, last two of which have resulted in postseason appearances and the first NCAA tournament appearance last year in 14 years for this program after winning the Missouri Valley Conference tournament title. That is a great accomplishment, I know, for the program, for yourself and your coaching staff. But more importantly, as you look back on that championship season from a year ago, the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears invested in those first five years, it had to be all the more sweeter. It really was when that final buzzer went off and, you know, uh, Maya Wong was guarding Cam Finley from UNI and, and her shot came up well short and it was, you know, I think I was in shock for a half a second. It was just, you know, for five years, this was the ultimate goal. This is what we sold every recruit on is a chance to, to play in the NCAA tournament. I think uh, as a young person, you know, little girls, little boys, you grow up, want, you know, you watch March Madness. You, you want to play in the big dance. And, you know, I, it's something as a player I got to do. I've never been a head coach in the, you know, Division One NCAA tournament. And, I tell you what, it was it was relief to be honest with you. It was just like, hey, we're here. And it, it the, all those bad days, all those long hours, it was all worth it. And it was just, I think the greatest thing for me is to to see that week after we beat you and I, the week leading up to going to Iowa, just experiencing it through our players' eyes. You know, it's one thing to talk about it and try to have them envision, but just you know everything that comes with it from the media to. Nike sending us shoes and just really cool things that kids get excited about. I think that's what sticks out the most. It's just such a full circle moment for me. And Deanna, I would think going into this season, the perspective having just been to the NCAA tournament really changes kind of not necessarily the culture, but the outlook going into this 2022-23 campaign. Um, It does, but it doesn't. You know, we're still going to be us. We're going to keep the pace. We're going to do what we do. And then, you know, it, we're, we are in a different territory. You know, we're, we're at the top of the valley. We have a lot to do. We got we to gotta keep it going. So we have a lot to accomplish, and we're, we're going we're gonna to do it. As we look ahead to this year, obviously you lost one of the top scorers at the Missouri Valley Conference in Juju last year. You've got a ton of newcomers this year all very pronounced ones who have been successful at their previous places as well as some freshmen coming in to play college basketball for the first time. How has the outlook and the culture shifted a little bit going into this year? Yeah, I think we with four we had four starters returning, and I think those four, Deanna and, and Mary Crompton, Kate Bowman, and Maya Wong, have done a really nice job of elevating their game. And then you look who are returning. We had... Uh, Jada Stinson is a sixth-year player who uh, got injured last year, only played a few games, so she's back. You know, she is a very dynamic guard, someone that the Valley hasn't seen yet because she she missed last year. Um, you know, all our returners, uh, Jazz has gotten better. It, it's just a, a great feel for, for the returners, as Dee said. The expectations have been lifted a little bit, and I think they, they've set the tone. They've done a great job since the summer. And then you bring in the, the newcomers into the fold. Paige Robinson, fifth-year grad transfer from Jury. You know, at one point she was the Division II National Player of the Year. 
uh, she's a scorer. She's going to help kind of, you know, uh, lessen the blow of, of Ju being gone. But as I said, all the players I just mentioned, they've all stepped up their game. Tashauna Wright-Gaskins, power five athlete, great athletic player. Uh, Deja Smith tore ACL. That's the cat's out of the bag. We've already let that one go. She would have. She's going to be outstanding next year. She would have given us some some great depth. And uh, one of our freshmen, healthy Abby Alzma, is she's going to be a, a really good player. Really can shoot the ball. Dynamic guard. So you'll see those three uh, getting a lot of minutes early on. You talked a little bit about kind of the expectations being raised this year after going to the NCAA tournament and winning the Valley tournament a year ago. How has that changed your approach going into the season? To be honest, it, it really hasn't. Um, we are very much a process-driven program. You know, every day it's just when we, we step foot in our circle, we talk about controlling what we can control. We really put a high premium on that. And at the end of the practice, we, we all go around and we kind of gauge. You know, I'm a big believer you never stay the same. You take a small step forward, you take a small step back. And we just need to make sure we're taking those st- small steps forward. We're going to, you know, stub our toe and take a small step back every now and then, but those days need to be few and far between. Uh, I just think if we can continue to embrace that, and that's been the, the philosophy since day one six years ago, that I really believe the end results will take care of itself. And Deanna, you're one of those four returning starters from a year ago, first team all-conference last year in the Missouri Valley Conference. As you kind of mix in not only with the returning starters, but also those newcomers that Coach mentioned, has that put a more of a premium on what you and the upperclassmen have had to do in the locker room, really, to kind of set the culture going into this year and those expectations? I think um, we we set the bar, and I think everybody is following very well. I think the the culture with the team and everybody, you know, the way we bond with each other, the way we talk with each other, is 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 unique. It's very family, I, you know. So I feel like there, everybody's coming along. All the the four that that was here last year on the, that that started, and then like our returners, everybody has taken a step forward to make sure we're bringing our freshmen and our transfers along with us. Obviously, the talent level has grown immensely over the last five years since you've taken over the helm of the Redbird program but the kind of character and culture inside the locker room of the type of student athletes that you've recruited has really risen to the forefront as well and that's something that as much as the wins and losses this program should be very proud of. Without a doubt. And that's what I always say to anyone that will listen. I think those 15 young women in our locker room are tremendous ambassadors for our university, not only our athletic department. You know, uh, they are great students. They go to class. They're unbelievable in the community. They're such phenomenal role models for for any little girls or little boys that come to our games. You know, I, I know those 15 you can count on them. And I'm big at, you know, it's easy to put on a show when you know people are watching you. But, you know, in the dark, when no one's watching, they do the right thing. And as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And that's something we vet. You know, we do a great job vetting in the recruiting process. You know, there's a lot of great players out there. But you got to find the great players who put, you know, the same same premium on as being great human beings. You know, we recruit families. We get to know families. Uh, I think it's really important. You can tell a lot about how a, a young woman talks to their parents on a visit. You know, if, if they're rude to their parents, well, how are they going to be in our locker room? How are they going to be in a classroom? We just, we don't tolerate that, that, that sort of behavior. And, you know, I think our staff has done an outstanding job of, of targeting and in, in closing deals with really good players, but great human beings. 
I don't think that people really understand the intricacies from a recruiting standpoint. I, I think it seems more of they look at it as kind of a collection of talent and go get the best talent out there. But going to that second, third level in the recruiting process to really get to know those recruits, their families, and whether or not they're going to be great representatives of the university takes a lot of time, and you're going to leave some people on the table, too, who just aren't great fits, and that's very difficult for a coaching staff. It really is, and I think that's where we pride ourselves. We try to outwork people in the recruiting process. You know, it, we, we start recruiting high school players when they're freshmen. The women's side is a little different. You know, you see, you know, high school girls committing their sophomore, junior year. It's wild, but so you got to do your homework. I mean, I'm talking to kids that are 14 years old. I'm like, what in God's <laughs> name am I talking about? They can't even, I mean, my gosh. You know, we have a, a player coming in next year, Molly Lenz, a tremendous point guard from Minnesota. My first conversation with her, I mean, she was 14. Uh, she hadn't entered high school. And I was like, so what do you like to do? And she's like, uh, play outside. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Molly, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I always give her grief about that. But it's just, it's really unique how, the, how early you get started. But I think it does, it, it gives us an advantage on the women's side of really building those solid relationships. You know, we talk to AU coaches. We talk to high school coaches. We talk to teachers, you know, different people in their communities. I love watching players both in AAU and high school when they come out of a game. Do they cheer for their teammates on the bench? Are they disinterested? When coach fires up on you, do they have eye contact? Are they rolling their eyes when, he, you know, she doesn't think he's looking? Uh, that stuff is, is huge for us. To be honest, that's why we kind of stay away. We haven't hit the portal a ton. I think the portal, it's like speed dating. You know, <laughs> you're trying to figure out all this in less than a month. Um, not to say we haven't, you know, Paige Robinson, but that was a pretty unique, she was a grad transfer. She's from 45 minutes down the road, but you know, we've done really well in junior college, uh, with transfers, but we recruit those young women for an entire year, you know, so we know who they are. It's just not okay. Reactive, like, uh Oh, something happened. We need to go find a player. Um, but I got to give my staff credit. They do an outstanding job with this. Speaking of recruiting players, your recruiting story, outstanding prep career, Cardinal Ritter in St. Louis. Then you spend your freshman year at Moberly Area Community College, a junior college All-American, averaged a double-double. How did Illinois State come to be? Um, they were recruiting me heavy from the start. I think, I think we started like October, you know. And then, um, actually, fun fact, I'm a COVID baby, so we were on Zoom for about four <laughs> hours. <laughs> but no, it was even before then, um, you know, they were always calling me so I was doing. Sometimes we didn't even talk about basketball on the phone. We were just talking about life. And then, like, um, it was one point in the season I was I was kind of – I got sick really bad, and they were just calling, checking on me, how I was doing. And then I know they were uh, – before everything got, you know, shut down, they were going to come and hang out with me for the weekend. They were calling my mom, asking how she was doing. So they had built a great relationship with me and my family. Obviously, in the junior college realm, you had an incredible season as an All-American, like I said, 22 games in which – you registered a double-double, but how did the recruiting process here differ from some of the other places that might have been suiting you in that year? Um, it, it was hard. It was it was a lot of different schools, but um, Illinois, they, Illinois State stuck out because of the, the genuineness. Like, um, you can tell when somebody just wants you to come and play and you know, help win games, but in the difference between that and, like, them, they were – they want – of course, you know, your, your recruiting players come and win games, but it was just – it was always just – it just seemed to be a little bit more deeper. Now, you come from a pretty athletic family. Your brother currently 
an offensive lineman at Jackson State University playing for Deion Sanders. So this recruiting thing is pretty pretty well suited at your house. Uh, yeah, it is. My brother actually helps me a lot, and, and he helped me a lot in the recruiting process. And even to this day, like even in games, practices, I'm frustrated, and he helps me a lot. And coach, you've talked quite a bit in the past about the level of success you guys have had and how much you attribute that to your assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. And it'd probably be a good time to maybe brag on those and kind of the accomplishments they have done kind of behind the scenes over the last couple of years of your tenure. Without a doubt. I think, you know, uh, the most important thing I did five or six years ago, geez, it's weird to say, is to hire the staff I did. And I've, I have had the best staff, you know, um, you know, just unbelievably high character human beings. And, and just like when we talk about the recruiting, the student athletes, you have to be able to trust, you know, the, the people you work with. And let's be real, those first couple of years wasn't always fun. You know, you better surround yourself with people that are going to be able to lose with you a little bit, but still see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, we just had great people. Uh, we lost two assistants last year in Jess Keller, who is now at Nebraska. Great opportunity for her. And then Mariah Henley, who got out of coaching. Uh, and then Scott Gillespie has been with me th- since day one. Uh, they were the kind of the anchors of what we did. Um, you know, they just worked tirelessly to, to get our program to where it is at now. Uh, we, we just uh, added Drew Cole, uh, and Katrina Beck, which is a familiar name to Redbird fans, she played for us for the for our first two years. So she was a junior, senior year, our first two years here. Unbelievable leader, great person in the in the locker room. So it's been fun to get her back on staff. I'm a big believer. I love having former players on the staff. I think they have a unique voice. Number one, they know me. They know me on my crazy days, as Dee will probably could tell you some stories about that. Uh, but I think it just brings a, you know, a, a sense of trust in, you know, they, a respect right off the bat. But, you know, uh, as a head coach, my staff, you know, uh, Steph and Benji, who are supports, I mean, those are the people that deserve all the credit. Yes, it is my program, and I know ultimately I will, I'll fall on the sword if we don't do well, but it's all the behind the scenes it, it, it's those five six people that just make us go they, they make our players go they they do they do all the dirty work and and that's sometimes frustrating as a head coach because it's they say oh it's your program but it's our program and I think if you look like our motto is together we will it's it takes every single person it's not my program it's Scott Gillespie's program it's Deanna Williamson's program it's you know uh uh, Madeline Lutt, our manager's program. Everyone that touches our program, I want them to be invested at a level that they, they think, hey, this is my program. Coaching runs deep in your bloodlines and does so on your staff with Scott as well. But just out of curiosity, how early in your development did you begin to think that coaching was how you wanted to make your money? Well, I, I definitely didn't get into this to make money, you know, as a uh, – <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, my dad was a Catholic school, high school coach for a long time, as was my grandfather. So let's be real, there was not a whole lot of money right there. But I knew from a young age, I mean, that's what I grew up around. You know, I I always joke when I, the first time I ever watched the movie, uh, Remember the Titans, great, one of my favorite movies. 
Um, there was two daughters in the movie. All right, Denzel's daughter, and then the other daughter. I was definitely the. I can't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, I was definitely the other daughter who was like calling out plays and in being at every practice. My poor mother. She put up with me. I tell you what. But I mean, I remember in in second, third grade, I, my mom would pick me up from school and we would go right down to the gym. I wanted to be at every practice uh, of my dad's, and he, as he was a high school coach. And then as he moved up in the college ranks, you know, it got a little bit challenging when I got a little bit older. But I just, I always had the love. I just wanted to be around the game. I loved playing the game. And uh, this game has given me so much. And I can't imagine my life without it. And now the, the cool part is I get to hopefully make positive impacts on, on my players' lives. Like I watched my dad and my grandfather do. And then playing for Coach Out NC State, what she did in my life. Uh, at the end of the day, winning is great. But I just hope our young women, you know, leave here knowing that they were loved and cared for and I think I'm doing the right job, a good job if that's what they think. It's going to be an exciting season with the amount of talent that you have brought together here in this program going into the year. But one of the things that jumps out is the schedule is not for the faint of heart. This is one heck of a non-conference schedule, not to mention the always very difficult Missouri Valley Conference. But within that tough schedule, there's some outstanding home games coming up, too, that fans could really get excited about. Yeah, we have a Big Ten opponent. Uh, Wisconsin is coming in November 20th. It's a Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving week. Uh, what a great opportunity for us to, to showcase our brand of basketball anytime you can get a Big Ten opponent in. Uh, we go to Purdue. We have Green Bay coming in uh, right before the Christmas break, storied mid-major program. I mean, if you think about it, we have we go, you know, we start on the road at Dayton. They were NCAA tournament. You know, we have two Big Tens. We go to Purdue. Uh, Scott got us into a uh, tournament out at UNLV, which five of the teams were in the uh, NCAA tournament. So it is. It is not for the faint of heart. We better be ready. Uh, but I, I really trust this group, and I think, you know, we're going to have some bumps along the way, but if you look what lies ahead in January in the Valley, it, it that is going to be tough. So I think every game that we play in November, December is going to be a great, you know, introduction to, to what we're going to see come January. And Deanna, as a player, a schedule like that, not only coming off an NCAA tournament berth where you played at Iowa, but a schedule like that and playing some of those bigger boys from the Power Fives has to be pretty attractive to be able to go out and compete against them. Um, yes, it's very exciting. You know, different competition. You know, we're all playing at like a higher level. You know, like Coach G said, a lot of those teams went to the NCAA tournament. You know, so it's like, we're just, I don't know, we're just going to have fun with it. We have a lot to prove at the same time. Keeps while keep being us, and we're just gonna we're gonna try to win games. Now, your first round game at the NCAA tournament last year, the University of Iowa out of Carver Hawkeye Arena, a packed house. And at this level, good, excitable, passionate fan base makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Huge. Uh, you know, the moment was a little big for us, you know, but you have to get there first, you know, and we got to the unbelievable opportunity to play in the only first-round sellout game uh, of the women's NCAA tournament, it, it was phenomenal. I mean, those those Hawkeye fans live, breathe, you know, Iowa women's basketball, and it did. I mean, I think it took us – we actually got off to a really good start. It was the second half that kind of did us in. But, 
you know, it is huge. And, and that's something that, you know, to our fans out there, I'd really challenge, you know, it is a, a huge advantage to our sports teams if we can have a great fan base. It just, you know, not every day is going to go the way we need it to. We may start off in struggling to score. Our calls aren't going our way. But just to have that support, to hear that, you know, those fans in the stands, it is such a boost. And Circling back to the young women in our locker room, I just I think we're an easy team to cheer for because we do it the right way. We have great young women, you know, they're they're easy to get behind, but we're also pretty good, you know. So it's you know, five six years ago we were winning by scoring forty points. Those days, thank gosh, are gone. But you know, I think we're going to have an exciting brand of basketball, and I would just really challenge if you haven't come, you know, come watch us. Come check us out. I think you'll be pleasantly pleased what you see, and I, I could guarantee you'll come back and watch more. Well, the season officially kicks off on Thursday, November 10th at the University of Dayton, who's a very tough opponent in a very good women's basketball program over the last decade. Are you ready? Well, we got to be, you know. <laughs> As a coach, and I'm sure Deanna's going to hit me for saying this, I wish we had a couple more practices uh, to go because there's always different things you think like, oh, gosh, we sh- we could get a little better at this. Or, but you know what? I, I think we will be ready. You know, it's just going to be great to, to go to a storied, uh, going against a storied uh, program, beautiful venue to play down in Dayton. Uh, I have great memories there. Fun fact, that is where my junior year we upset. Uh, we were a four-seed in the NCAA tournament. We upset set the one seed Old Dominion and then in the Sweet 16 two days later we upset Connecticut who is the two seed to go to the final four so I have great great memories so I'm feeling really good walking into that building but uh yeah I just think it's going to be a great test you know to see where we're at it's just hey have we gotten better from our scrimmage from our exhibition game are we taking steps forward so from a player's perspective are you guys ready or do you want more practices (laughs) I don't think we need any more practice. Okay. <laughs> um, I think everybody's ready. You know, everybody's going to have the, the nerves at first. But, you know, hopefully those nerves will come out during the warm-ups, you know, go and get out the way. But I think we're definitely – we have things, you know, everybody has things we need to fix. I probably need to make more layups in practice. And so, but, no, I think everybody's pretty excited and ready to go. Well, Coach, Deanna, wish you guys the best of luck this year and a continued trip and another trip to the NCAA tournament. That's Illinois State women's basketball coach Kristen Gillespie and senior forward Deanna Wilson. They've been our guests. We'll be back after this timeout as In the Nest continues right after this. Welcome back to In the Nest as we take a look at the week ahead in Redbird Athletics. Brock's back in the Illinois State Redbird football team returns to Hancock Stadium for a pivotal Valley showdown with Youngstown State. Both ball clubs carry identical five and three marks into Saturday's tilt. Kickoff is set for two o'clock. Our coverage will get underway beginning at 1 p.m. with the State Farm Redbird pregame show. That's the Birds of the Penguins this Saturday afternoon beginning at 1 p.m. on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network. From Learfield. Alley Matters and the Redbird Volleyball team continue their four match homestand. This weekend, the Birds will battle Northern Iowa on Friday night at 6 o'clock before hosting Drake on Saturday evening at 7 p.m. The Illinois State swimming and diving team will be back in action this weekend. They'll travel to Evansville for a dual meet on Saturday afternoon. Birds will battle the Aces and Eastern Illinois beginning at 1 o'clock. The women's tennis squad will host the Redbird Duels this weekend. The duels will begin on Saturday and conclude on Sunday afternoon. And then on Monday night, 
The Illinois State men's basketball team will kick off the regular season as the Birds welcome in Western Illinois. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock inside Redbird Arena. And finally, the Brock's Back Show presented by Bud Light returns tomorrow night from the Beer Garden at Schooners. We'll be on the air beginning at 6 o'clock on AM 1230 and 102.1 FM WJBC as well as the Learfield Varsity Network app. That'll do it for this week's episode. For Illinois State Head Women's Basketball Coach Kristen Gillespie and Senior Forward Deanna Wilson, this is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next week right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network.